Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Ephesians. Today is episode 631. We're looking at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Let's read our passage. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, because this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you, and that you may have a long life in the land. Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. This is Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. He's writing this letter from Rome, where he's imprisoned for two years under house arrest, awaiting disposition of his appeal to Caesar. He's writing letters to churches. Tychicus is carrying a letter to Philemon in Colossae, and a letter to the church in Colossae. Presumably another letter to the church in Laodicea, which we no longer have. And on the way, he's going to stop in Ephesus and leave this letter with the church in Ephesus. He's wanting to encourage the church to lift them up. So he talked about what an amazing thing has happened, that God has revealed himself to the Gentiles, and now he's going through practical applications of how to live in Christ. He's talking about section about family. He talked about mutual submission within the church to one another. Then he talked about relationships between husbands and wives. Now he's talking about children. So chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, because this is right. It's pretty straightforward, and not many cultures would really argue with this. It's always been the case. Children obey their parents. And this parallels Colossians 3 verses 20 and 21, where he said, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Very similar language. He says, basically, obey your parents in the Lord. Now, in the Lord is part of a child's following the Lord to obey their parents. And he justifies this because simply says, this is right. And you say, that that doesn't mean it's right. Well, yeah, it does. When it's in the Bible and says this is right, that means it's right. This is from God. God established this. And this isn't new. He then quotes from the Ten Commandments in verse 2, honor your father and mother. And he says, this is the first commandment with a promise. Then he goes on to explain the promise. So that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life in the land. So this is from the Ten Commandments, the commandment to honor your father and mother. And then there was that promise about living long in the land. Now that promise was for the Israelites. It doesn't really apply to us. So what's it mean to us that we may live long in the land? Well, it doesn't really mean that. But there is still a promise. And essentially it's more of a proverbial promise for us is that honor your father and mother so you can have a good family. So you can reap the benefits of a godly family, because there are benefits to a godly family. It's just uh, so much better to live in a family that loves and cares for one another because they love and care for the Lord. So a couple things here. One is, says children, obey. Now, obey is an action. That's what you do. Then it quotes from the commandments, and it's honor your father and mother. Now, there are actions associated with honoring, but honoring is really more of an attitude. So you got an action and an attitude, something to do and a way to think. Do obey your parents and, and 
attitude your attitude is that to be of honor. So what's it mean to honor your father and mother? Well, it means to treat them well. It means to treat them right. It means to take care of them when they're old. It means to respect them along the way. And sometimes it's a pushback. I mean, sometimes you have difficult parents. How do you honor parents that have been difficult? Well, it begins with working on your attitude toward them. If, if you're grown and your parents were difficult, treat them honorably means to, well, treat them with the, the respect as much as you can. You may have to limit your interaction with them to a certain degree if they're still hard to get along with, but don't be rude. Don't be obnoxious. Treat them with respect as much as you can. And some of it, work on your own attitude toward them. Uh, work on forgiveness toward them. Remember, generally they did the best they could given the circumstances they were in. Meaning, if your parents treated you badly, they probably were treated badly too. And given as messed up as they were, they did the best they could. So cut out as much slack as you can and deal with a lot of forgiveness and a lot of prayer. But still, give them as much honor as you possibly can. Now, that's the extreme, the exception. For most of us, your parents weren't perfect. Of course not. And you're not perfect parents either. So give your parents the respect, the love, the honor that you would hope your kids would give to you. And back to the reason for this, because God said, this is right. This is the way to do it. Then he goes on to how parents should interact with children. Verse 4. Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Very similar to Colossians. There he said, fathers, don't exasperate your children so that they won't become discouraged. So that's all negative. Don't exasperate so they don't become discouraged. And here he says, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So he's basically saying, don't embitter your children. He's not saying don't discipline them, don't correct them, don't train them properly. He's saying don't embitter them. Now, what would be embittering? That would be uh, continually treating them with, with, with nothing but correction and putting them down, only telling them they're not good enough. You need to tell your children that they are good when, they, when you can. Well, what if my children are never good? Your children are often good. So, Never miss an opportunity to praise your children. Show your children you love them and you care about them and you're proud of them. So don't stir up anger in your children, but instead bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now he says fathers here. The same thing he said in Colossians, fathers. And in most societies, mothers actually have the primary responsibility of child rearing. Not the fathers have no responsibility, but mothers are the ones who spend the most effort there. This goes back to roles within the family. The father has ultimate responsibility here. Even if the mother is the primary caregiver, the father has ultimate responsibility. You can't opt out of this. You can't outsource it. You can't say, well, that's the wife's job. I don't do child. Yes, you do. You must and you must engage your children. And there's a big challenge here, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. What does that mean? It's another thing you can't outsource. 
can't say, well, I just take them to church and let the church teach them about God. Their primary instruction in the Lord is the parents. Parents lead by example here. Parents train their children how to know God. And that involves how they deal with the Bible, how they understand prayer, and how they understand the church. Tom and Sam Rayner, father and son team, wrote a book several years ago called Essential Church. And the essence of the book was that it was asking the question, why, why do so many young people grow up and leave the church? And it's because they're not trained to view the church as essential to life. So many of them, their parents view church as something that you put into the discretionary time of your life. And for the child then, it says, well, it doesn't rise to that level of importance to put into my discretionary times. So they don't grow up seeing the church as essential for their lives. And so they leave the church, whereas parents would raise the children with the idea that, you know, church is essential, not as a, you have to do this because it's a rule, but it's important in your growth, in your development, in your discipleship, in knowing and loving God. How the parents deal with the Bible, that's going to train the children to know how to deal with the Bible. How the children see the parents pray will determine how children pray. And so the big question to ask is, do my children see me growing spiritually, growing in spiritual maturity? And so the question there is, am I growing in spiritual maturity? Then are my children seeing it? They're not going to see it if it's not happening and you can't fake it. So the best spiritual training you can give your children is for you to be growing spiritually and allow your children to see it. You don't need to try to play Sunday school at home where the dad's going to stand in front of the family with a, a Bible and preach to the family. No, but do you read the Bible with your children? When they're young, read the Bible to your children. Do you talk about God? Do you talk about what it means to know God, follow God, and interact with God on a daily basis? And do your children see you knowing God and growing in your relationship with God? One of the requirements for Jewish families was to recite the Shema each day. Shema is Hebrew for hear. And they recited a section in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 6. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Those were the, the words to be recited daily as the Shema. And then the next verse, this is from Hebrews 6, that was verses 4 and 5. Then the next verses, 6 and 7. These words I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, and when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your city gates. Challenge there. Talk about the Word of God with your children. What it is, what it means, how to live it. And if they see you doing it, they'll pick up that habit too and use you as an example. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Ephesians.